We all love the sound of money, and a $1,500 sign-on bonus sounds even better. That's right, Belicio Foods of Jackson is offering a $1,500 sign-on bonus to new employees. Receive an extra $100 your first six weeks, then $400 after day 90, and $500 after day 180. Don't wait. Apply online at BelicioFoods.com slash careers today. That's BelicioFoods.com slash careers. Come work for a company who truly values their employees. Come work for Belicio Foods. Well, happy Tuesday, everyone, except for it feels like Monday, but it's really Tuesday. And welcome to another edition of The Morning Show right here on Main Street TV. Of course, Jennifer here to start off your morning with our amazing good friend, Pete Wilson, to do the morning news update, always brought to you by Nia Henry, agent for Appalachia Realty. And you can give her a call if you have any real estate needs. All right. Well, very good. Are um, you all right, Pete? I'll, I know Memorial Day is a really <laughs> long weekend well, for you. Well, the rest of us get to swim and stuff and you have to work. Well, 24-7. You know, we were, we were talking off the air just before we went on. And, and it is a extremely busy weekend. But when you think about it, you know, unless there are some things happen that we that we don't plan for. And, you know, sometimes there's the bad stuff. It's all good stuff. That's That right. happened over the weekend. A lot of school-related stuff. Uh, yes. Memorial Day. We have a big festival, of course, in Oak Hill. Uh, lots of other activities kind of get worked in there. Because uh, a lot of people are back are back in the county, maybe visiting or whatever. And with the kind of like the long weekend, uh, the holiday on Monday, and the fact that it's kind of an unofficial kickoff to the summer, it's really kind of an upbeat situation all the way around. That's right. And, you know, when, you're, uh, when you have a community, all local content paper like the Telegram, obviously, you know, there's a lot out there to get. And so that's what we're going to do today. His stack is... Um much thicker than normal. I tell you what, scary because well, it's normally pretty I, thick. I really want to start off by uh, commending uh, the staff. Uh, they had to give up part parts of their weekend yes, to get all sure. this done, and it was definitely a a team effort covering everything. And uh, you know, also uh, what a weekend also for our radio crew, JJ Hell and yes. company. You know, we ran into them a lot of different places, um, dovetailing uh, the assignments and so forth. Uh, and uh, I think that was probably the busiest weekend that the radio crew have, has had in quite some time as you they get out and press the flesh and uh, take the radio broadcast out to the people. It's wonderful to, to see what they're all doing. It is. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. But it was, I mean, they were, they were the, a lot of the same places that the, that the news folks were. And sometimes we work together and that's the way it ought to be. Right. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Well, I tell you what. Let's, we have some regular news, too, but basically we're going to uh, focus on what happened over the weekend. And it was a lot. You, you knew that things were scheduled, but you didn't know everything exactly, how, uh, how, how it was going to happen and what happened. And that's what we'll try to catch you up on. On Friday, we had two graduations, yes. of course, in Jackson County. Uh, the Jackson High School graduation on Friday evening, the Wellston High School graduation on Friday evening. And it all started on Friday morning at Jackson High School, bright and early, with the Sarita Call Senior Breakfast. That's right. And uh, oh, there's we, all the call we, girls. We wanted to show you this picture. This is four generations Love of that. the Sarita Call family. Now, for those who don't know, and there's probably a lot who don't, especially those not from Jackson, Sarita Call uh, was the lady. Uh, she passed away in 1967. 
but she was the lady who got the senior breakfast started at Jackson High School. Yep. Her oldest son, and she had eight children, her oldest son graduated in 1954, and that was when it started. She thought there should be some special event to kind of kick off graduation day, and that's how the senior breakfast was born, and it is still going. She yep. did it even after uh, her kids, uh, even in the years where her kids weren't seniors, and uh, it it was named after her on the on the uh, year of her death, and it continues. Her daughters and sons uh, continue to work on it. And from the left here uh, in this picture, we want to identify them. Uh, we have um, we have uh, we have uh, Mary Ma Taylor, Mary Mary Call Taylor. We have uh, Katie Powers. Uh -huh. We have her daughter Michaela Powder yep. Powers, and we have another great granddaughter of Sarita Call, and that. A great great granddaughter, and that would be Trinity Call. Okay. So uh, Trinity, That's so cool. Trinity was graduating. Michaela was graduating. Uh, Katie gave the history of the Sarita Call Memorial Breakfast there at the Senior Breakfast, and of course Mary was there to help uh, organize it. And uh, it's just wonderful that this tradition has continued all these yeah. years uh, with the Call family. And so we're going to have some coverage on that in in uh, I think it's going to be in our in our Saturday uh, paper. But uh, graduation that night, um, of course, uh, the big question was, was it going to rain on everybody uh, over at Alumni Stadium? It we, was not looking good during the day. <laughs> we had a dose of that last year. A lot of people looking at their cell phones at that ever-changing weather forecast. Yes. And let me tell you what, it turned out pretty good. There was a, the slightest drizzles, maybe not enough to have people put up their umbrellas. Uh, and it went off uh, very well outside. Of course, the advantage of having outside the weather obviously uh, could be a, a deterrent and a, and a negative. But of course, you have a spacious alumni stadium there. Capacity is no problem. You don't have to worry about ticketing in an event or anything like that's that, right. restricting attendance. And that's why they like to do it outside. And they have um, ever since alumni stadium have, has been there. I think I remember yesterday, of course, last year, that was the major rain event. There was another year where there might have been a little bit. Last year was beforehand. rough. <laughs> yeah, last year, it, I'll have to admit that it was. You want but, to tell what happened to your umbrella last year, Pete? Uh, <laughs> well, I was out on the field with Jeremiah Shaver. And Jeremiah was working through the other paper. Yeah. So we were out there trying to cover it. He had a big Apple Festival umbrella that was uh, more than adequate. Well, I had a smaller umbrella. And when the wind kicked up, it went inside out. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there with an umbrella in one hand, trying to take notes in another, and a camera around my neck as well. To take with an upside down at the same umbrella. Time. And I'm sure that I was probably I probably got as wet as any of the graduates because at the graduates they did not have umbrellas. No. They had caps now, but they it did not rough. have umbrellas. So suffice it to say there were a lot of hot showers that night for people yes. once they left. But you know, still a happy event uh overall, in spite of the fact that everybody got drenched. But um uh, we do want to say here are the valedictorians. We definitely wanted to to show them. That is a, a photo that we will see in the paper later this week when we do our feature on graduation with a lot of a, a lot of coverage from the graduation ceremony, including a lot of photos as well. But our valedictorians there are from the left in the front row seated are Leah Offord, Haley Bachtel, Jillian Evans, Kirsten Evans, and Christopher Hughes. In the back row standing from the left, Olivia Kennedy, Sarah Lefevre, Grant Maston, Emma Rasp, Caitlin Webb, and Culture Waltz. So 11 honor graduates, they were the main program. They got gave, I think, like three-minute speeches. And let me tell you, you know, you, you just, 
shake your head in wonderment at the messages that they give. Yes. Uh, they're always gracious. They thank all the people that help them get to where they do and attain this great uh, honor of being uh, tops in their class. But they also talk about advice, uh, things that help them get through, uh, and advice for their fellow seniors, their fellow graduates, and for the students that are yet to come. And they obviously qualify as role models for uh, them hope being so. successful. A lot of them were surprised or at the beginning didn't know whether they could really do it. And the common denominator was, and this wasn't what in every speech, but it was in several of them, was the fact that hard work does pay off. You have your doubts along the way. Is all this worth it? And then you end up like this and yep. you know that it is. And it, it is a life lesson that this is what it takes to succeed in life and work and personal relationships all right. the way through your life there. So we're going to have that coverage in not this Wednesday's paper, but our Saturday paper, uh, two-page spread on the Jackson graduation. Same thing on the Wellston High School graduation. Uh, Philip Buffington covered the Wellston graduation. I was at Jackson. Here is a kind of like an advanced photo to tease what we're going to do on the Wellston coverage. This is the Wellston High School class of 2022. Nice. Uh, we thank Brian Lintola of Brian Lintola Photography for that picture. Phil will have a bunch of pictures on his own as well. And we will hear from the honor graduates and uh, they will be scripted into our story on the advice that they had. Good. Uh, and uh, that coverage, once again, for both the Jackson and Wellston graduation will be coming not in Wednesday's paper, but in Saturday's paper, considering all the stuff we had to cover this weekend and the fact that we do expansive coverage takes time to get it all done. We're working on it. When I leave here, I'm going to start working on the Jackson graduation again, as well as getting out the paper. But it really is. Uh, I'm so glad some papers don't even cover the graduation because, you know, it's, you know, so what? But it is really a major success story in a small town to see the kids not only graduate, but to see these top kids. Uh, and uh, how they succeeded, sometimes overcoming obstacles uh, right. to have the success they did and to see that they're going to uh, colleges, um, prestigious college, uh, studying things like Several medicine, the law, yeah. engineering, et cetera. And that proves that even if you're from a small town like Jackson, Wellston, Oak Hill, MacArthur, you can do anything you want. You're right. If you have the talent, you put the perspiration behind the inspiration. Yep. So anyway, uh, so that's graduation. Uh, remember, we already had our coverage uh, of the uh, Vinton County graduation and uh, the Oak Hill graduation. That was in our last Saturday paper. If you haven't seen that yet, uh, we have, of course, that you can see the complete thing on our e-edition yes. if you're a subscriber. And also, uh, it's in the print edition last Saturday. And uh, God, it, they, the, the print job... Uh, from uh, our friends in Athens came through very well. So it's a, it's a nice keepsake, too, if you haven't seen that yet. All right, another, this was one of the top events of the weekend, and there were some good ones, but I have to put this right up there. That was the Cooper Strong 5K sure. on, on Saturday morning, and yep. we're going to have some coverage of that coming later in the week, too. I thought that I might go take a couple pictures and, and move on. But this was a really special story. This is one of the photos that we're going to be running. This is uh, the symbolic big check being passed by Butch Cooper. That mm -hmm. is the father of the late Emily Joe Cooper, who that's what this whole thing is about, the Cooper Strong 5K. Also in the picture in the middle is Mike Offord, who is a parent of Leah Offord, who, by the way, was one of the valedictorians. Yes. 
also a great senior softball player who's going to be playing in college. He was kind of behind-the-scenes guy with the Diamond Club, which is a support club, raising money all along for a hitting barn that is going to be used by the softball program in future years. It's going to, construction is going to start uh, probably in the next week or two, mm -hmm. uh, but this check is for $12,012.12, and there is a reason for that figure. Emily Jo Cooper, when she played at Jackson High School, wore number 12. That's so uh, On cool. her basketball and softball jersey. Of course, she went on to star at Marshall University. She did. The, the tragic story, and also in the picture is Alex Stevens, she is the first-year softball coach at Jackson High School. Very good. And so the great story here is, I mean, as tragic as, as it is, is that Emily, after she graduated from Marshall, was hired as the girls' softball coach. Shortly after that, was killed in a highway accident out on 35 yep. before she could even coach a single game. Yep. But here's what she did. Um, in her bedroom after her death, uh, her, her parents, I presume, found a list of all the things she wanted to do with the softball program. And part of that was to build up the facilities. She felt they needed to be better. Sure. One of the things was having an indoor hitting barn. They have an outdoor hitting barn, but you know, in the winter when you're trying to practice and in the early spring and March before the games start, it can be pretty rugged out yes, there. Yes, it can you be. You know, with no temperature control, no roof or whatever. And so they, several years ago, they started a fundraising drive to do a hitting barn. This year's Cooper Strong 5K, the funds from that, you know, the people who registered to walk or run and also other donations that were made, that $12,012.12 will put the hitting barn fund drive over the top. It's not everything they need to equip it, but to get it built, it will. Yes. And uh, a number of sponsors stepped up to support this Cooper Strong 5K this year. The main sponsor was Brian Moore Construction. Brian Moore is one, he is the president of the Jackson City Board of Education, yes. has his own construction company. He not only was the main sponsor of Cooper Strong 5K, but he told the people this, and he, he's a great Jackson High School alumnus. He said, if you get me the money, um, if you get me, if you get the, the money for the materials and all like that, I will build it for free. And so Brian Holy Moore Construction, moly. I'm not sure exactly what that facility is going to cost or what the worth of that value would wow. be. But obviously that's a major thing when you throw in the labor for free. Yes. And so that construction will be taking place uh, this summer. It will start very soon. And the girls, uh, the softball program will have an indoor hitting barn. Uh, Cooper Strong 5K had about 200 participants. Um, not everybody actually ran or walked. Some people just donated uh, and they couldn't be there or whatever. That's amazing. But, but uh, you know, you had to be there to see it. Uh, Kalina Cooper Snyder, who is the aunt of the late Emily Cooper, she's the one that spearheads it. But they're, the Cooper and Sexton family, big extended family in Jackson, very well respected. A lot of people jumped on to help this and build this all the way through. Kalina had a Cooper Strong 5K just uh, three months after Emily was killed. I mean, she jumped on the horse immediately yes, she did. to honor the memory of her niece. And uh, if Emily J. Cooper was alive, you know, and it's tragic that she's not, she would be so proud of what is being done in For her sure. name. And so, uh, you know, there were a few tears, but there were a lot of smiles there on Saturday. And this is a great story that we're going to tell for everybody who doesn't know it in a future edition of the paper. I hope, I hope maybe this weekend, if we can, if we can pause and get caught up on some other things, yeah. it's, it's worth more than, than, a, than a token picture in the paper, I'll tell you. Yeah. It's a great community success story. 
people pulling together. In a small community doing the right thing. To make a good thing happen. Uh, But they also gave money to the basketball, the girls' basketball program as well. Emily played uh, volleyball, basketball, and softball when she was at Jackson High School. All right. Um, Another thing that we want to talk about uh, is uh, the Oak Hill Festival of Flags. And uh, it, it turned out to be a big success this weekend. I think we knew that the table was set from your oh, interviews with Joyce sure. McClurg and Chris Walls. Yes. Um, and then, you know, one of the unknown variables, of course, is the weather. Well, it turned out to be really good. It was beautiful. Uh, you know, I think there might have been a little rain on Friday night, but I think the opening ceremonies, Red Thompson was there. He told me they came off pretty well. Uh, there is Joyce McClurg right there. And uh, here, I believe, uh, is uh, one of the bands, maybe the Rock House Band. Perhaps that is uh, they they sang they, awesome. they sang on Friday night. There are a lot of a lot of free entertainment. That's the great things about these fairs and festivals. You're right. You know, most of the entertainment is free. It's just you know bring your lawn chair and you know enjoy yourself. Uh, but uh, they had the opening ceremonies on Friday night. Martha Deddy was there to ring the the bicentennial bell. Um, not sure if she had help, but it had to be rung 29 times. There she is. What a dear soul Martha Deddy is there on the right ringing the bicentennial bell. In her 90s now, but still one of the outstanding civic service, community-oriented citizens in Oak Hill. And was an honor like that overdue for her because she's just always in the background supporting things. And there she was uh, in the spotlight, ringing the bell, and then having a place of honor in the Grand Parade that was held on on Sunday afternoon. Uh, But another thing that happened, of course, uh, was the Festival of Flags uh, royalty. Yes. Uh, new queens were crowned, and there were four level queens, age level queens, the queen, uh, the junior queen, the teen queen, and the little queen. And here are a picture of the, of the queens. From the left, they are uh, Little Miss Festival of Flags, Kendall Lester, Junior Miss Festival of Flags, Lila Dawson, Teen Miss Festival of Flags, Natalie Allison, and Miss Festival of Flags, Alyssa Zorns. And so... This is Alyssa getting crowned by Michaela Ludwig, last year's queen. You can see she's pretty happy about being named uh, the queen. And uh, so these girls will be representing the Festival of Flags for the rest of the year. And Jeremiah Shaver was down there to cover it. Because Jeremiah was there, you know, we're going to get a little video coverage too. And he uh, had each of the girls introduce themselves in a short video. And I believe we can see that right now. Very good. Hi, my name's Alyssa I was shocked, but I'm very excited to see what this year will bring me. Thank you. Hi, I'm Natalie Allison, and for the first time, I'm your 2022 Teen Miss Festival of Flags. I'm very excited for this opportunity. Thank you. Hi, my name is Lila Dawson, and I am so glad to be crowned Junior Miss um, Festival of Flags Queen, and I was really shocked. What? <laughs> of course, the girls did not have any script or anything like no. that. And so, you know, <laughs> all adorable. of a sudden you have, you have that video camera in front of you. But, the, you know, didn't they do well? Uh, but they They're will be great. representing the, the, the festival all year long into next year's uh, pageant. 
Uh, and they did a little bit different this year, Jennifer. They had the pageant during the festival and then the crowning at another time. So oh, okay. this put the girls in the spotlight, you know, much more than a contest in front of the festival. So uh, that was one of the of the changes this year. Uh, of course, the Grand Parade, I think about 80 units. I think it lasted wow. about 40 or 45 minutes. Uh, if you want to go to the uh, Telegram Facebook page, I believe Jeremiah Shaver uh, did a Facebook Live uh, and posted that. So oh, if you didn't get to see the parade, it is uh, on the Telegram's Facebook page. Cool. Uh, I think we also have uh, some uh, uh, Facebook uh, posts, videos of the uh, opening ceremonies and also... Uh, of uh, also uh, of, in addition to the Queens, also of Joyce McClurg making uh, early announcements. Uh, so all this uh, can go on the Telegram Facebook page. I believe we did seven or eight videos over the weekend just to enhance our coverage yeah. and kind of tease what we have coming in the newspaper as well. Uh, one of the other things that happened uh, on Monday, you know, we had Chris Walls in here to talk about the Festival of Flags car show. It's mm -hmm. like graduation, car shows really count on the weather. They do. Uh, because a lot of people with these classic cars don't want to bring them out if they're going to get wet. And no, they don't no, want to no. sit out in a lawn chair in the wet either. Right. So good weather. It was even a little warm, 80 plus uh, vehicles in that Festival wow. of Flags car show that held awesome. at the high school. They had it at the high school, middle school, uh, more obviously more parking area there. For sure. So I'm sure that part worked out well. Uh, and I know that we're going to have uh, some coverage there coming as well. Uh, in our next paper, Jennifer, Wednesday's paper, which is being put together as we speak, we've got some uh, multiple pictures from the Festival of Flags, including a whole picture page. So, uh, picture And then page. we'll have other pictures coming as well. We always take more than we can use, but we're <laughs> we putting a lot in there in this next paper. Uh, but the Festival of Flags, awesome. and the Festival of Flags in the books, it was the 29th annual Festival of Flags. And congratulations to Joyce McClurg, the president of the Festival of Flags Committee. They kill and it. And everybody on that committee. And this is a relatively small committee. I'm not sure how many names are really on it, but there's about five to seven people who do most or almost all the work. And, uh, you know, this isn't an organization or anything other than being a committee for the festival. And so those people do a lot of work to make this happen for everybody else in Oak Hill and in the rest of the county. They do. So they deserve, uh, they deserve a lot of credit. Joyce McClure at the head of the line there. I'll bet Dwight Eisenhower drew quite a crowd as well. Huh? All right. Yeah. Oh, we had Dwight there on Saturday night. That's right. I'm, uh, remiss to mention that. We had Morgan White, an up-and-coming country singer on uh on so uh, sunday, sunday night right yeah. some country some uh modern country music <laughs> there and dwight of course is a five-time uh, elvis tribute artist winner yes so you know there's lots of he's uh, the bomb there's, there's lots of uh, lots of elvis uh imitators out there and they don't like the word imitator they like no. tribute artist yes. but you know obviously does that look like elvis or not it, dwight right there. he does a fantastic job right and, he's and amazing. you know i wasn't down there this year but i've heard dwight before he sounds like elvis too and, you know, we can all make our comparisons in June when the new Elvis movie comes out. That's right. That's going to be uh, interesting uh, for sure. All right. Uh, so uh, excellent, uh, excellent Oak Hill Festival of Flags this year. Uh, there was one major alumni <laughs> event, and they had it in Wellston this mm -hmm. year. Jackson alumni canceled again because of COVID sure. for the third straight year. But the Wellston Alumni Association, including uh, our president, John Pelletier, our former colleague here. 
he was kind of orchestrating things, such a doer out there in the, in the community of yes. Wellston. But some major announcements uh, to celebrate there at the Wellston alumni. First of all, 1959 Wellston High School alumnus Ed Skeen was brought into the Wellston Wall of Achievement. He is a professor emeritus of history at the University of Memphis, was for 30 years there. He is now retired, of course, uh, you know, as he's in his 80s, mm -hmm. uh, but still alive and living in the Memphis area. He wasn't able to attend, but a relative was there to uh, accept the award. Uh, that's like the Wellston Hall of Fame. Nice. That's like the Hall of Fame at many other schools uh, or the Hall of Honor at Jackson High School. Uh, this is the Wall of Achievement at Wellston High School. Uh, Gretchen Crabtree, who we know so well, a 1972 graduate of Wellston High School, because it was their 50th year anniversary, she was the Toastmaster. What a, an appropriate person to do that. She's always been a hero to the community and especially the schools. Mm -hmm. uh, she was on the school board for 16 years. She didn't run the last time, but still very, very prominent and active in Wellston School and Community Affairs. She was the Toastmaster. Uh, President, President Awards were given to three people by the interim superintendent, Marianne Hale. And these awards go to people who make major contributions to the community, the school district, and or the alumni association. And since there wasn't alumni uh, programs in Wellston the last two years, they did 19, 2019, to, uh, 2020, 2021, and 2022 all this year. Gotcha. Those winners were Phil Fain, his wife, Betsy Fain, and John Darrow. Oh, All cool. prominent Wellston residents and uh, people in Wellston know their names. People across the county know their names because they are doers and achievers in their sure. own right. And so they were the winners of the President Award. Um, Todd Compton covered that for us, so we'll have a story on that in an upcoming uh, edition. And if you go on the Telegram Facebook page, you know, if you're nostalgic about Wellston High School, you can hear the people singing the Wellston High School alma mater. Nice. That's All right. cool. So that's uh, that's on our Facebook page uh, as well. Okay, we're going to this since this happened over the weekend, we're going to switch from all these uh, all these programs and special activities to sports because uh, are we surprised Olivia Kennedy is going to the state <laughs> track meet again? What a no, weekend! No, we are for not her. surprised. <laughs> what a weekend for her. Here is Olivia Kennedy at the regional track meet at Chillicothe, and yep. you can see. The other runners are in her wake. Uh, she, yeah. she defeated, she's a regional champion, and she was two or th two to three seconds ahead of her closest competitor, which in the 400-meter dash is a that lot. That is a lot. I ran into Olivia right after her meet. Um, we were in the same restaurant over in Chillicothe, and she was super excited, and and uh, it was just so nice to see her, and and um, she's just so talented. Right an outstanding. Such a good kid. Right an outstanding young lady. You know, maybe we can get her on, on TV yeah, as well, I said, no matter what Oh, happens. goody, you can come back on TV. Well, she said, oh, that was fun. She is so, she is so articulate and enthusiastic and whatever she was one of the valedictorians if you recall yes. when i was going down the list before she gave a great speech and once again she was one who talked about the hard work that it took yes to do to 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 succeed it, it didn't didn't just come because of talent and whatever you have to work your booty off to do it and That's she right. has certainly she done does. that in both track and in the classroom yep. as i said she is one of the valedictorians and she mentioned something uh, her parents are Randy and Candace Kennedy. Candace, I'm not sure what her maiden name was, but she was a valedictorian in high school too. Nice. So the mother-daughter valedictorian. <laughs> we talk about the mother-daughter queens. There was a mother-daughter valedictorian. 
But um, Love that. Olivia will be going to the state track meet, and it will be uh, her, her competition uh, will be um, – she ran it in 57.73 seconds, which is very fast for the 400-meter dash, of course, for the ladies. Uh, she was uh, almost three seconds ahead of her nearest competitor. But uh, uh, she will, she, her prelims for the 400-meter dash are 3 p.m. on Friday. She just missed being on the podium, as they say. She was kind of in the middle of the pack. Yep. And remember, these are the top 16 or 18 runners in the entire, in the state. In the entire state of Ohio. And yep. Todd Compton was looking at her times and said that she is a little bit above the middle of the pack in at least the times, if you compare the times. Yeah. It all comes down to that one race or it that does. one prelim on how you do versus the competition. Correct. But she has a chance to maybe um, get on the podium this year or better. You know that she will give it her all. Uh, oh, she She 100%. won many events, but she chose to focus on just one for the state track meet, and that is the 400-meter dash. One of the hardest races in the world to run because you're literally sprinting an entire lap around the track. Well, I've had people vote. You don't jog it. You, no, you go you, flat out as you, fast you, as you can you go. You can't, and you wonder if you ever get to the end. Some people <laughs> vote for the 400-meter dash. Some people vote for the 800-meter dash on being Ew. the toughest. Yeah. More so than the 100, which is when you have to be really fast, or the 3,200 where you're running for a long time. Sure. So anyway, congratulations to Olivia. There were a bunch of other local uh, runners and uh, and track members <clears throat> from our four high schools that competed in the regional track meet. They didn't quite make it to the state meet, but to make it to the regional meet is a big honor. All this will be covered uh, on our sports page in Wednesday's paper as Todd awesome. Thompson was on top of that. We'll have, of course, some photos of Olivia. Well, some of the ones you just saw there on TV. All right. Uh, one of the other highlights of the weekend, uh, you know, I'm just going to call it along with the Cooper Strong 5K and all these other good things, was the Wellston's Field of Heroes. Uh, so cool. Um, Look at that. That is a, a great picture that Jeremiah Shaver took. It's a simple picture, but how uh, profound and telling is that? That is County Commissioner Paul Howler and yep. U.S. Navy veteran, uh, one of the best-known veterans, maybe the best-known veteran in Jackson County, a great advocate for veterans as well. There he is walking yep. along the field of heroes there. They went from a little over 100 flags in its first year to 180 this year. Wow. They had an opening ceremony uh, on Friday afternoon, uh, and Jeremiah Shaver was there. And they had a closing ceremony on Monday at noon. I was there for that, and I was really touched with how well they did it and what great support they had. Because these people who supported it uh, basically purchased a flag and a place on that field of heroes. That's you right. know, it was a little bit of money to do that. And they did it in the name of, it could be a veteran, it could be a deceased veteran, it could be a community person, uh, it could be to veterans in general. They could do what, it could be to a first responder. It was up to them. They were sponsoring it. But most of them were veterans or deceased veterans. I'm going to have a little bit more to say about that, but I know that uh, Jeremiah uh, has a, uh, a video from the opening ceremony on Friday. Yeah. And I think that the Field of Heroes may still be on display. They were still debating on whether to keep it up a while longer. They normally take it down on Memorial Day after the closing ceremony. But Dorothy Riepenhoff, who was kind of the spearhead for the Wellston Rotary Club on this, she said there was sentiment to keep it up a while longer. So I don't know okay. whether it's still there or not. Uh -huh. But but it That's was great. there at least through Monday, and it still may be there. If you haven't seen it, 
and you happen to be going through Wellston anyway, at the old Wellston High School football field, everybody knows where that is. Um, uh, or not the Wellston High School football field, the old Wellston High School lot, school. not too far the, from the, high the current school, football yeah. field. Uh, a big empty lot. That's where the Field yep. of Heroes are, and there's room for many more flags if they expand, there and are. they probably will. I want to know who was in charge of getting those lines so straight. Uh, that was that was pretty good. Whew. Well, the Wellston that Rotary was Club, impressive. with a lot of community support, and not <laughs> only from Wellston, but really from around the county as well, made that happen. Some businesses stepped up to help with that. There were some major sponsors in addition to the people who purchased the spots for the flag. But anyway, I believe uh, James has a video queued up here that Jeremiah Love took for that. us. And that will give us a, that will, that will give you a real uh, sense of what this uh, field of heroes was <laughs> all about. Over the Memorial Day weekend, 180 American flags were on display in the city of Wellston. The flags, which honored or remembered personal heroes, were a part of the second annual Field of Heroes display. The flag display, which was presented by the Wilson Rotary Club, along with help from sponsors, held an opening ceremony on Friday, May 27th. The Field of Heroes is a unique opportunity for community members to honor their personal heroes, whoever they are. It is a spectacular visual display of American flags. The three foot by five foot flags stand eight feet tall in perfect rows and columns across the field of green. Okay, I'd like to read the proclamation first. Whereas May 27th has been designated as the Rotary Club's Field of Heroes Day, whereas Field of Heroes is a wonderful way to recognize those that have served and sacrificed for our country, whereas the Wellston Rotary Club is a cornerstone civic group in the community, providing a great example of service beyond self, whereas the city of Wellston supports and is grateful for our veterans' service to our country, Whereas Rotary Club Field of Heroes is an event for the community to show their appreciation for the service and sacrifice of all veterans. Now, therefore, be it resolved, the City of Wilson shall observe May 27, 2022, as our celebration of the Rotary Club Field of Heroes. Uh, additional comments I'd like to make is about the price of freedom. There's an old saying that freedom is not free, and what you see behind me is a demonstration of that. Every man and woman represented behind us made a sacrifice so that we could all stand here. And we should all be grateful. For some, they paid the ultimate price by giving their lives. Memorial Day is a tribute to those who died serving and died for our country. Every picnic, every parade, every family gathering, everything you do this Memorial Weekend is due to the folks that behind me. Well, Dorothy tells me we're going to sing a few songs, and what Dorothy says is what we do, right? And But before we do that, I do want to uh, thank you all for being here, and I want to thank uh, the President uh, of the Rotary for having the Jackson County Commission today. Commissioner Haller and myself are grateful to be with you. I know that he's going to be speaking later on Monday at the formal ceremony, but we're just glad to be here, and uh, this is a wonderful addition to the county. Uh, there's nothing else like this in Jackson County, and so... We appreciate the Rotary putting this together and all those that have sponsored uh, in honor uh, of the, those loved ones. Okay, we're going to sing. Uh, there's a lot of flags behind me here today, so we're going to sing your grand old flag. This is something upbeat and peppy. So act like you're having a good time. The rain stopped, and uh, so we got something to be excited about. You're a grand old flag. You're a grand old flag. You're a high-flying flag, and forever in peace may you wave. 
You're the emblem of the land I love, the home of the free and the brave. Every heart beats true for the red, white, and blue, where there's never a boast or brag. But should all acquaintance be forgot, keep your eye on the grand old flag. You're a grand old flag, you're a high-flying flag, and forever in peace may you wave. You're the emblem of the land I love, the home of the free and the brave. Every heart beats true for the red, white, and blue, where there's never a boast or brag. But should all acquaintance be forgot, Keep your eye on the grand old flag. All right, we're going to sing the. And now the American Legion Post 371 will honor our flags with the 21 gun salute, followed by taps by Hadley Fane. a hero to someone here in this community. The display also had a closing ceremony on Monday, May 30th. There was music provided by the Wilson High School Marching Band and Choir. Jackson County Commissioner Paul Hauer spoke during the ceremony and read the names of those who have passed in the line of duty. Wow, that was All right. that wasn't, is wasn't that impressive. impressive and great job by Jeremiah yeah. putting that together. It gave Thanks, you, Jeremiah. Yeah, it gave you a real flavor of what was sure. going on in the in the visuals there oh, of man. the flags waving in the breeze. You know, that's strike should strike your heart if you're an American. It does. But anyway, I was at the closing ceremony yesterday, and we'll have uh, actually follow up coverage from that. We'll have 
uh, coverage of the opening ceremony, uh, which you just saw there in the video, uh, in our Wednesday paper, tomorrow's paper. But at the closing ceremony, the way it uh, turned out, uh, Jennifer, they had, uh, they had uh, the, of course, a speech by Paul Howard, brief speech by Paul Howard, but they also had uh, the Wellston High School band. But actually, the singers this time was the D.M. Davis uh, choirs from nice. Jackson, or Jackson-based, uh, the women's <clears throat> choir and the men's choir and the mixed choir. They did uh, several numbers, so it oh, turned great. into kind of like a, a countywide thing, uh, not just a Wilson thing. Yeah. And uh, also, um, at the end, and this was this was very impressive, I thought, uh, they had Wellston Rotarians and other volunteers read the names of everybody who was honored there with a flag. And, of course, many of them happened to be deceased veterans. And so they had their name read aloud. And Ryan Stroud, on behalf of the Rotary Club, was there with the Rotary Bell. And every time there was a deceased veteran saying red, they rang the bell. Aww. So a very, very nice ceremony. I so impressed. And I told the Wilson Rotarians, Dorothy and others, uh, just how great that was. Aside from the fact that, you know, it, it did serve as a fundraiser. It was just a great Memorial Day tribute. And uh, it is. the fact that it grew from 100 uh, flags to approximately 180 shows that the community yeah. is really buying into. What it. do you want to bet about next year? Well, I, like I like I told you, it looked like to me there's room for at least a third more. Flags. I'd say it'll it, it's going to fill up quick. Right, exactly. All right. Well, of course, the the field of heroes, of course, is an appropriate addition to all the Memorial Day observances. Yes. And of course, they were on Monday, and they were all over the place in our local uh, area. In Jackson, in Oak Hill, in Wellston, uh, in MacArthur, and in Hamden, there was also, uh, I found out just this last past weekend, there was a ceremony in Wilkesville as well in Benton County. Um, we had our reporters uh, everywhere uh, covering Memorial Day uh, services. Uh, in Jackson, I was there at the Jackson ceremony. Phil Buffington was there at Wellston. Uh, here in Jackson, he, here were the principal uh, participants in the program. From the left are, uh, is the MC, Robert Bob Bragg, who uh, is uh, with the Jackson or the Vietnam Veterans of America. He was also the MC of the program. Then you have Mark Foster, retired Air Force. He was the principal speaker. Tim Jones of the Grace Baptist Fellowship in Wilson, who also happens to be the president of the Wilson Rotary Club. Oh. So he flew up to Wilson for the Field of Heroes <laughs> right after that. be in several places at one and time. Then, and then on the right, far right in that picture was Arnold Tripp, yes. the Jackson County Veteran Service Office. The Jackson program is done by, um, is done by the Jackson County Veteran Service Office with the participation of local veterans groups, including the American Legion Post 81, DAV Post 45, uh, VFW post, uh, the VFW post in Jackson, and uh, the uh, Vietnam Veterans of America group and the Jackson County AMVETS Chapter 84. They all participate and support the, the program. The Jackson High School Band was there, and it's always a big addition there. Uh, Ryan Hurd was there uh, with the new band because the seniors have graduated now. Yep. And uh, they played patriotic music. They played the theme songs through each of the military branches. That video, by the way, uh, is on our Telegram Facebook page oh, that would uh, be fantastic. as well, uh, where they played the patriotic uh, music. So um, that was in Jackson. In Wellston, the American Legion Post uh, the, uh, 371, which uh, does such a great job uh, with the military things and the veterans uh, programs, they put on a parade program and bean dinner yesterday. And Phil Buffington will have uh, some pictures from all of that. And all of that 
was just before the Field of Heroes. So okay. the folks in Wellston could watch the parade, go to the program at the cemetery, Ridgewood Cemetery, and then to the Field of Heroes, and then have a bowl of beans afterwards. Hey, doesn't get so, any better than so, that. So, I mean, that's this is this is summer, you know. So that was uh, nice as well. In Oak Hill, uh, even with the Festival of Flags, they still have Memorial Day uh, program. And here is the Oak Hill Marching Band. Uh, they're uh, marching... Uh, on the way to uh, to uh, to the cemetery, yeah. Cemetery. To, to the cemetery. Uh, the little parade starts in town and goes right out East Main Street to the cemetery there on the edge of town. They do a brief program out there, and the Kent Metzler post of the American Legion does uh, the 21 gun salute the firing squad. But they don't only do that; they go around to all area cemeteries around Oak Hill. Uh, probably about a 10-mile uh, circumference there. Right. And they start early in the morning and go into the middle of the afternoon doing a 21-gun salute for all the veterans that are buried in all these cemeteries, just not there at the larger CM cemetery there at, at the village. So that was in Oak Hill. In MacArthur, uh, the Vinton County Veterans Service Office, and Red Thompson Jr. was in MacArthur and Hamden to cover this. Alex Shope, by the way, gave up part of his Monday morning Memorial Day holiday to cover our ceremonies in Oak Hill. But uh, in MacArthur, uh, the, uh, the Vinton County Veteran Service Office and Tim Reed, uh, had they, everybody met at the courthouse uh, and they marched out to Elk Cemetery. And at Elk Cemetery, the choir sang and there was also speakers. Uh, Bob Grillo, the judge of the probate juvenile court in Denton County, did something that is a long time uh, tradition, a Memorial Day tradition. I think they may do it on Veterans Day too, but they certainly do it on Memorial Day. He read the names of the war dead for all the wars uh, that wow. Fenton County, since Fenton County has existed. And all those names get memorialized. That's a lot of out. names. It, sure. it, it, it is a lot. And by the way, you know, you, I know you get numb to it because it's the same message every year. <clears throat> but do you realize that 1.3 million men and women have died in wars, in American wars in history? 1.3 million. Wow lives cut short, you know, in service to their country. So you can imagine how you would feel if it hit your family. Right. Absolutely. You know? So that's what you've got to remember, the sure. the sacrifices that we're talking about. But uh, in MacArthur, they had the program at Elk, Elk Cemetery in Hamden. The fire department puts this together. They have a parade from the middle of town uh, on 93 and Wilcox uh, Street, and they march south on 93 towards uh, Hamden Cemetery. In Hamden Cemetery, they do a program. The speaker this year was Vinton County Common Police Court Jim Sawyer. He is a retired Army captain, I think. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you know, he not only has a prestigious position in the county, but he's also retired military. He, Bob Grillo, and some other judges, now retired, uh, take turns often doing these speeches through uh, on Memorial Day and Veterans Day. They give up their time uh, you know, to honor, uh, sure. to honor the war dead and the veterans. And so coverage of all these things will be in our papers this week, some in Wednesday's paper, some in uh, Saturday's paper. Uh, I know that also on our Telegram Facebook page, uh, Red did a video clip of some of the program at the Hamden Cemetery of Jim Salyer speaking. So you can check in on that on our, on our Facebook page. All right. Um, I wanted. I said that uh, how active the radio station was oh, over the man. weekend. I tell yes. you what, we ran into those folks uh, quite often <laughs> here in the office and out and about. But uh, JJ Hale, of course, director of radio operations here, 
he was out. He just wasn't in his ivory tower. He was out there with uh, Porterhouse and Matt McKee. I think even yep. they Bluefield were all over might have been place. at one event at the Festival of Fikes, who our intern, very yeah, talented Ethan, intern. Yeah, Ethan, the intern. We even sent him out. Right, exa <laughs> exactly. But they were out about everywhere and uh, doing some uh, coverage out there, uh, pressing the flesh with the people out there, uh, doing not only paid remotes, but doing community remotes to yes. show what we're trying to, what JJ and the crew are trying to do with the radio, Absolutely. make it more uh, uh, proactive and, and local Get and community oriented. Get more involved orient. in the community. Exactly. And so, you know, that's a sacrifice. That was a sacrifice, a different kind of sacrifice that, that the radio yeah. crew made and can't say how oh, much I appreciate. Are. Here is a picture of the crew down at the Festival of Flags on Saturday, I think. Uh, there's Jeremiah Shaver. Of course, as I say, we kind of all work together. He was down there doing work for the newspaper, but stopped by where the radio folks were. There's Ethan Bloomfield next to Jeremiah. There you see uh, Rodney Tomlin, a.k.a. Porterhouse. And, of course, there's our man J.J. on the far right. And at the car show, uh, Porterhouse and J.J. were down there, and Red Thompson Jr. showed up. Well, cool. To say hello and whatever. So, <laughs> um, you know, just a... Uh, just Big a, old family affair. Yeah, Total Media was totally with it this weekend. <laughs> So uh, we're going to get around to uh, some other news now okay. uh, to, to talk about uh, that uh, has occurred or is occurring that's worth talking about. And last Wednesday, the Oak Hill Union Local Board of Education had a meeting. Jeremiah Shaver covered it. And uh, uh, it was revealed there that there is a little bit of a dispute, disagreement going on between uh, the teachers union there in Oak Hill. It is the uh -oh. Oak Hill Union Local Education Association and the leadership over uh, some contract service issues, uh, some complaints that the teachers union has against the leadership. We're talking about the school board. We're talking about superintendent, Dr. Dr. Marcy Shepard. Uh, the teachers have been going, um, I won't say in mass, but uh, in numbers more than just one to different school board meetings, but they hadn't said anything. I hadn't commented, hadn't said anything okay. or released anything to the press. But at this last meeting on Wednesday, uh, Wendy Wood, who is the union president, had some things to say. Um, she complained uh, that an athletic director's supplemental position was made into an administrative position, which left a teacher's position vacated. She said that the union was told the position was being done away with so it would not be posted. However, shortly after, she says, the board voted unanimously to give a teacher's contract to someone outside the union. The union also objected to the hiring of a football coach who was not in the union when there was a union person who wanted the football job. This yes. does come up sometimes when a uh, person who is already in the union is not offered a supplemental position and someone outside the, it is. Um, now, it does happen. Right. And, you know, a lot of times there's agreements that's not supposed to. And the union sometimes looks the other way or says, OK, it's OK this time. But in this case, the union did not think that it was OK. And so they have complained about that as well. Um, also, um, they said this was a violation of the ORC, which our union had to take action against. We were not wrong in our claim, which is why this person has since resigned. She was referring to the football coach, Vandemark, right. who was hired uh, to replace uh, Paul Carver, who had resigned after the last football season. Mr. Vandemark was hired early in this early this year. He has resigned without, you know, coaching the game. He right. actually came, met the players, and he resigned 
we never really had a reason why he resigned, but he resigned. Kind of explains we, it, doesn't we, it? We knew there was some controversy. Yeah. We just didn't know the particulars. Well, he resigned, uh, and according to Wendy Wood, uh, he resigned because the union claims that this was unlawful, his hiring. So uh, the, since then, at Wednesday's meeting, the Oak Hill Union Local Board of Education voted uh, to hire Taylor Kratzenberg as the new football coach. He is a young man uh, from Ironton who uh, yes. I believe this is his first head coaching football job. I don't know whether he's going to be a teacher or not. Uh, we're going to be doing an interview with him. That's coming for all the sports fans and like that. But uh, he Thank was you. hired, so we'll see what happens. Now, we did reach out after the meeting, Jeremiah did, uh, to Dr. Shepard and to the president of the Oak Hill Union Local Board of Education, Aaron Michael, because they did not immediately comment or respond at the meeting to some of the claims that were made by the union president about wrongs that they feel were committed, they did not respond with any comment on their own. Okay. So, you know, we're trying to cover all sides of this, but at, to this point, though, uh, the so-called leadership of the district did not respond to these claims made by the, by the union president on behalf of the entire union. So that's going to bear watching as well yeah. uh, down in Oak Hill. And remember, of course, uh, uh, as we go to the north end of our coverage area in Vinton County, uh, there's uh, uh, issues about the teacher's contract there, uh, contract up uh, in the middle of the summer there. And we understand that the parties there, the union representing the Vinton County teachers and the uh, school board and administration are far apart on money issues there. Okay. So, you know, we'll be watching that uh, very carefully. The Vinton County Local Board of Education will meet on Wednesday in special session, and they're going to uh, talk about a or, or approve a school calendar. And one of the issues that school districts are facing across Ohio is apparently some extra days are being added to the school year, oh. and and you know teachers are already under contract. And so, do you pay those teachers for that extra time they're asked oh. to work, or is that already covered in the contract and part of the job? So I guess we'll, you, you can see to be determined. You, you can see two different ideas there. Yes on you know what the what the, what what should happen so we'll, we'll be watching and covering all those things uh, in the city of jackson interesting issue uh, jennifer of course we've talked about the mark porter auto group yes uh, out on the highway uh, state route 32 and mayu road a big dealership out there of course they acquired the call auto sales uh, chrysler dodge ram uh, dealership yes. a couple of years ago well they want to expand onto uh, adjacent territory to the north and the west. A lot of they're, dirt flying out A lot there. of dirt flying. They're going to have a new building there. And when it's done, and I think they're going ahead regardless, uh, the Ford dealership will uh, move into that area. The Chrysler dealership will stay in the existing facility Correct. that is already there. They'll have room for lots more vehicles. Uh, they're going to hire, they have committed to hire 47 new jobs. So that's always good when that uh, happens. Yeah. Um, they are getting a lot of uh, governmental and economic development support for their move because of the job creation. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that is in this package that they would like is to be annexed into the city. Right now, it's just outside the city, the existing property and also the new property. If they were annexed, they would be eligible for city utilities, including water, sewer, electric, also police and fire. They already have right. fire because it's in Franklin Township. Uh, yes. And Franklin Township it has a yeah. contract with the city, we, yeah. so so the fire is already there. But uh, they it, the most the service they supposedly want the most is the sewer service. 
Makes the sense. city says that they can do it because they already have uh, utilities all the way out to Holzer Assisted Living. So they right. just got to go down the road a little bit. Of course, that will cost money. So <laughs> at the last Jackson City Council meeting on the 23rd, uh, there was a pre-annexation agreement put before council. And uh, they sought emergency passage to keep it going so they know that it's online. Uh, everything's staying online and uh, they'll be able to annex the vote was five to one, uh, and that wasn't enough to what they call suspend the rules and pass it as an emergency. It takes six votes. Okay. There were six out of seven councilmen present. One of the councilmen, uh, John Ondera, was not present. Okay. All right. So they had to have all six votes to move ahead immediately. Uh, the way it worked out, at-large councilman Brett Foster voted against this pre-annexation agreement. Now, there was not a lot of discussion. He didn't say why. Okay. I contacted him later to see if he wanted to explain, and he chose not to do that. Okay. Now, it's probably going to pass at the next meeting because John Ondera will be back. If all seven council members are there, they will have their six votes. So I'm not suggesting that this annexation agreement is not going to be approved, but it was not fast-tracked as a result of the vote at the last meeting. Right. Now, what the city will do, they're making a commitment not only to approve the annexation and take in this new territory, but they're going to extend the water and sewer lines, which will be, you know, be some expense involved in there. Now, Randy Evans, the mayor, is a proponent of the, of the annexation, not only because of the 47 jobs and to support business, but of course they will have utility revenue coming in. And income tax. And that's the biggie, the yeah. income tax. Because right sure. now, you know, that's pretty big business out there. Uh, and, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and unless those folks who are employees there live in the city of Jackson, they're not paying city income tax right now. Correct. You pay city income tax two ways, as a resident of the city or if you work in the city. Yep. And so it will affect not only the existing employees who don't live in the city of Jackson, but will affect all the new employees, unless they already live in the city of Jackson, because they'd already be paying. Sure. And of course, you know, uh, there's many more people in the county and in surrounding areas than there are in Jackson. And one of the great things about the income tax, according to city officials, is that a lot of people who don't live in the city pay that freight. Yeah. So, you know, you have a lot of money coming in for infrastructure projects, 100%. street paving projects, and it's not even just city residents that are paying for it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this uh, is a story that will be detailed in our, uh, in our Wednesday paper, the Porter Ford annexation. There's an economic development package that we've previously reported on uh, through the county, the county commissioners, the Jackson County Economic Development Partnership, are supporting this project, uh, working to get grants to support the project uh, that will, uh, you know, take some of the financial heat off uh, the Porter Auto Group to get this done because it is, you know, for the good of the, uh, in addition to the business, it's good for the uh, community too because of the jobs and the economic development. Right, sure. And that's why they have these grants and loans and so forth. So some of that will be done as well. I think two different grants they're trying to get to help with this project and it does have the support of the commissioners and the Jackson County Economic Development Partnership and by extension also the city of Jackson. All right, today or tomorrow, Jennifer, you no, know, tomorrow's Wednesday, right? The summer yes. manufacturing camp will start. Uh, this is a project that's gone on for a number of years now. Yes. And at the state level, the man who kind of uh, pushes it is United States Senator Sherrod Brown. Yes. And uh, 
there's been a summer manufacturing camp in Jackson, not every year, but most of the years. I know when Jackson Mayor Randy Heath was in service, he worked with uh, Senator Brown to get this going. It's resuming now with the support of the city and also the Jackson County Economic Development Partnership, the Rio Grande Jackson Center, some other local sponsors. But what this does, this, is exposed, this exposes some local students who are still in school to the manufacturing facilities really that are in town. Cool. They, they do tours. Yes. They see firsthand what is done here. And Jackson County has some big manufacturing plants. I know Tons. we're a little county, but we, uh, you know, our industrial manufacturing base is kind of big. We've got Bellissio, General Mills, Speyside, Osco, mm -hmm. and, and more. And it's good for the manufacturing places because they expose, they get exposed to some of these brighter students who may one day want to work there. Correct. It's you know, just you don't everybody have to, gets you don't to, have to leave everybody. Jackson necessarily get a nice job Correct. in manufacturing or engineering or whatever. Yep. There are jobs like this, that management jobs, um, HR jobs that are available at these places. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, you take the grant and is here, General Mills is there, and you don't realize there are employment opportunities. Yep. So anyway, that's, that's what true. the manufacturing camp is all about. And it starts tomorrow and we'll go through uh, the week. It's called the Summer Manufacturing Camp. Um, also, um, I believe that that maybe kind of covers this, and we've hit the, uh, we've hit the uh, 10 o'clock hour. I think we have one other video we can show. Do you want to do that, James, on the Wilson High? Yeah. yeah the we Wilson can, High we School can Arts on Festival that if you want, Pete. Was, oh, cool. was about a week and a half ago, but Jeremiah was there. Uh, he had so much to do. It took him a while to put this together, but they're always great productions. And uh, this is a video from the Wellston High School Arts Festival. Can't wait. Uh, Jacob Dawkins, of course, the uh, art teacher over there. And he's the one that, along with the students in the art club, has done these beautiful murals that are in mm -hmm. Wellston. So here right. you are, the Wellston High School Arts Festival. Very good. The Wellston High School Art Festival brought together art, literature, and some historical figures during this year's event. The art festival was held over the course of two days back on May 16th and 17th in the Wilson High School Gymnasium. Uh, my name is Jacob Dawkins. I'm the high school art teacher at Wilson High School. Um, we currently have several classes, works of art on display, um, and they range from paintings, drawings, mixed media, and sculpture, all of which has been judged in those categories. Um, most of the work is independent work. A lot of it is for my senior studio students who are hoping to go to college for artwork. Um, and they have a whole presentation set up in their own section. Um, so it's been pretty rewarding to see everything come together. Out of all the artwork that was on display at this year's art festival, only one piece of art could be named Best of Show. Hi, I'm Sullivan Potter. I'm a senior here at Wilson High School. Um, this year's 2022 High School Art Show, I have the pleasure of being the best of show with my piece here, This Too Shall Pass. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the piece. Um, I chose to do this in color pencil. When I originally did this piece, it was a very difficult time in my life. Um, a lot of my artwork tends to circle around the more natural aspects of things. I do a lot of mountains, trees, leaves, birds. So in this instance, in my difficult times, I thought to myself, difficult times are kind of like a long autumn and winter, but they will pass, which is where I got the title, This Too Shall Pass. So this was a lot of fun drawing. Um, it took about, I'd say, 
14 hours to complete. The background was really tough, I'd say, but it was definitely fun. Thank also at the Wilson High School Art Festival, literature was on display, and out of all the poetry works, one was named Best of Show. Hi, my name is Devin McNeil. I am an 11th grader of Wilson High School, and I won Best of Show for Literature. Uh, so my poem is about the self-doubt that one person can experience, and I did this through writing two poems in one that try to talk to each other. Sort of a yourself as your ego and the little voice in your head that's kind of bringing you down. And try to really get that theme of you are your own worst enemy. Uh, as for my inspiration, I got it from a small YouTube series that did something similar with the talking to one another. I really enjoyed the idea, but I haven't really seen it in poetry, so I thought it would be a cool thing to try and experiment with. In addition to all of the artwork in many forms, the festival featured the band, choir, open mic, and a talent show.